0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode nineteen of Fear Frequency. I'm your host Jimmy Champagne, and with me today is my co-host George Frizard. What's up, dude?
1: Nothing much, man. What are you up to?
0: All right, so we're a day late on this one. We're just gonna acknowledge it. This embarrassing blunder on our part. <laughs> and but there's a good reason. So like yesterday or all weekend. So my girlfriend Kelsey, her brother's getting married in Colorado. And uh, so we went out to Denver. It was great. But then yesterday we get to the airport, and as soon as we get our ticket, like our boarding pass printed, it says uh, flight takes off at 2 40 p.m., boarding time 305 p.m. So we're like, huh, okay, that's weird. Flight's probably delayed. So we go, we get some food, we're checking the board. It's not showing delayed. And then we get to the gate, and they say that the flight is delayed till 7 30 p.m. We're like, oh, that sucks because just because of the how everything worked out, we ended up having to go to the airport around 8 a.m., and it's a three-hour drive from where we were to the airport. So we got there around 10 or 11-ish, and so then we had to basically sit around. So it all worked out they gave us like a $200 voucher for a future plane trip we could use within a year and i usually fly spirit and when they do that you have to use it in like 20 days but southwest is like here's a basically the cost of any ticket for anywhere we go you can use it within a year that was great they got us out earlier than 7:30 they got us out 2 hours earlier than that so it was all awesome we get home i go to work today and my mom calls me and she's like Uh, so I was looking on the news and did you hear about the South Southwest flight. And I was like, no. So basically what happened is, uh, there was a flight from Utah, Salt Lake city to LA. And as soon as they took off in Utah, the right engine blew up on the plane and they had to like immediately land. So I think that plane was going from Utah to LA to Denver and we were going to take it back to LA because the problem was they told us at the airport that they had to find a new plane.
1: It's like your the plane you were gonna be on was the one that had their engine explode. They had to do the emergency landing.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy. You can look it up. There's like a video that was on the news, and like uh, you could see like the fireball of the engine. is crazy. This is nuts. So uh, I'm glad that it worked out the way it did.
1: Yeah, yeah. It'd be obviously better to not be on the plane with the exploding engine
0: yeah exactly uh so that was a little bit crazy but anyways i got home we were really tired just from the weekend we did a lot of drinking because obviously like it's a wedding that's what you do in colorado exactly and we got in and out we watched it and went to bed very early so didn't have time to do the podcast but we're back at it we had a great great like we had a big jump in numbers uh, if you're one of the people who listened last week and followed us on Instagram, I really appreciate it. Because a lot of our new listeners are coming from Instagram, actually. I looked at the metrics. So, welcome to the show, new listeners. Uh, if you want to help us out, it really help us out if you left a five-star review of the show on iTunes. I don't think it's asking too much. But yeah, how, how's, how was the last week for you? Anything cool happen?
1: Um, I mean, other than my movie pass uh, not being great for when I tried to go see Annihilation. Oh, yeah. So what happened um, with that? <laughs> so the MoviePass app recently got a full UI update that changed everything about the app, how it works and everything. Okay. And through some there's some issue with the new version of the app where if you make a reservation, you can't see what your kiosk number is, like if you're going to punch your ticket kiosk number in to like print your tickets off at the theater. Okay. The only time you can see that number is when you make the actual reservation for the ticket.
0: Oh, so you can actually use digital tickets because I can't. I have to like go to the movie theater and then buy the ticket with the app, and then I use the actual credit card to buy the ticket.
1: It, it I think you can do both ways because it says like the card's loaded or whatever, so you can yeah. use the card to pay for the ticket. But it also gives me like a code I can punt, just punch it at the kiosk, mm-hmm. and I don't have to p- swipe a card or anything. <laughs> but so I pre-ordered a ticket for Annihilation on the Thursday night, like the opening night, technically. And you have to take a screenshot of that code if you ever want to use it. And this because, is with
0: the redesigned app. Yes, the one because that looks nice.
1: Yes, because the redesigned app is broken. So uh, the app ah. crashed while I was confirming my ticket. So I couldn't take a screenshot of it, and then it wouldn't come up on my reservations. <laughs> So I just had to wait until Saturday to go see the movie instead of <laughs> seeing it on Thursday.
0: Oh, that sucks. And then you, did you use your movie pass again?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I'm not paying for it. Or did it not let you? No, it let me. It, it you can only do one a day. So I couldn't like try to re-reserve the ticket. It was like, uh-huh. sorry.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? That's really dumb. So yeah. I've, I think, I don't know. Maybe they, they've had problems with the Android app because I, mine works fine. Like, I was really nervous, but mine works fine, but that blows.
1: Yeah, mine did not work fine. And I sent a message to both of their Twitter accounts and (laughs) opened up a ticket with their, like, weird third-party customer service website. And that was on Thursday, and I still haven't gotten an email response or any response on either of my uh twitter dms and i also called them about eight (laughs) times and every time i called their customer service line is so busy they just say sorry call back at a different time
0: jesus christ well that blows but hopefully they fix the apps i mean i don't know like they they started this company like out of nowhere and it's like it feels like that southwest plane with the engine on fire
1: yeah but i really do like the service when it does work (laughs) i think like not paying for movies is better than paying for yeah, movies so it's like
0: as good as it can get really. right like you I know you're wish... gonna have some fucking problems with it because it's like so too good to be true
1: <laughs> right so like who knows how long this company is even gonna be around for with this deal just i don't know what is going on behind the scenes that even makes this possible and i don't trust it for very long so i'm just trying to take advantage of it while i can
0: yeah, people are like, the other shoe is dropping, the app's broken, and it's not available in, like, the top five AMC theaters. And it's like, wow, what a price to pay. For, like, how <laughs> inco- Like, it's inconvenient, yes, and it's stupid, but, like, the benefit... <laughs> so, seriously, like, you can fucking... If you sign up for AMC Stubbs Premiere, right, their dumb club... It, yeah. And... and y- if you use the MoviePass card, it counts as just buying a ticket with money. So you get enough points basically every time you go to the movie theater to make it so you can get a large popcorn and a drink for five bucks. It's like, yeah. wow, yeah, the other shoe is really dropping. You know, life sucks for us MoviePass holders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of, all of the subscribers, I can see literally one movie a day. If you see two movies a month, you get a free, it pays for itself. Dude, so, like, out
0: here it's one movie. Tickets are minimum fifteen bucks out here. It's like it pays for itself once for me. Like well, I don't give a uh, shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, it pays for itself once cuz it's like 10 bucks a month and like yeah. a normal ticket is like 10 bucks or whatever, but still like, you know, two movies is like now you're like really making it worth your while.
0: You're high rolling, dude.
1: High rolling, baby.
0: It's not whack at all. It's fucking awesome.
1: Definitely not whack. But whoever designs that app definitely needs to get a life.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm gonna use my movie pass to see both Death Wish and Game Night because you know they are not doing any early media screenings of Death Wish as far as I can tell. So Eli Roth's new movie probably not gonna be too great.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I not... like,
0: I I want to, but Eli Roth just doesn't make good movies.
1: Yeah, and I'm not like a big Bruce Willis guy, so.
0: I'm not either, and he's old now, it's like, you're just, you're old.
1: Yeah, who knows. Game Night looks kind of fun, though.
0: Game Night's getting good reviews, so I want to see that. It's not a horror movie, but whatever. Eh. Uh, But yeah, we'll be talking about Death Wish next week, so get ready for us to take a huge dump on that. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I mean, like, maybe we'll be surprised. (laughs) Maybe
1: it'll be like, you know, we'll completely turn around, we'll be hypocrites, we'll come back next week and be like, sucking a shit up instead of laying one down.
0: I'm not on the like massive portion of Twitter that just decided that movie was racist uh, for no reason. So, uh, I I don't know. Like I just Eli Roth is a better producer and actor than he is director in my opinion. Like yeah, he he did a good job in Inglorious Bastards. Clown is like a severely underwatched horror movie. Like it's so good. It's like one of the best ever I've seen.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's probably his best movie.
0: Yeah, and he just produced it. So, there you go. Yeah. He's a better actor and producer than yeah. director. actor. But, hey, uh, that's what I'll be using my movie pass on. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get into the news here. Sound the alarm, bud. We got a Halloween update. So, George did the doc this week, and, you know, he could have ignored the Halloween update. Halloween alert for you guys, but, you know, he's a good dude, so he put it in here. And this is actually pretty cool. So, there's a big Halloween 40th anniversary event planned in california where i live in october oh Uh, hell yeah yeah so you'll have to come out for that
1: yeah for sure
0: um so they haven't really said what it is but there's this website called halloween daily news which is probably like getting so many more hits now than it ever (laughs) has before
1: yeah it's been like dormant since 1998 now it's like lighting on fire because of all the news coming out
0: flip on the ibm baby Uh, so, (laughs) so sean clark who helped organize the 25 years of terror event in 2003 and went on to head up the event himself for 30 years of terror and 35 years of terror recently told halloween daily news that there's definitely going to be a major event happening in 2018 to celebrate the 40th anniversary of halloween and uh, it's going to be in Pasadena, which is cool. And it's going to take place in October, obviously. I'm stoked, dude. And I, you, I looked up Halloween Daily News does have a Twitter. I would follow them because they're pretty much an alternative source to that one idiot we uh, were using to get pictures before. So we kind of cut out the middleman there by following Halloween Daily News. You should go check out that site. It's actually a pretty cool site.
1: Yeah, it's it's not bad. I was like the first time I heard of that site, I was just kind of surprised by the name alone can you have one site dedicated to just halloween yeah. news but and is it really daily how, can you, how do you keep uh, it daily how, how can you keep it daily do you make your own news i guess you have to but yeah whatever there's uh, a big event happening one. though and it does sound cool we don't know much about it but i mean it going on in pasadena where the original movie was filmed come on man how could that not be cool
0: yeah so if this movie's good i want to get that new pumpkin that they have that's all cut up I want to get that as a tattoo, but I'm waiting until the movie. <laughs>
1: you don't want to, like, get it preemptively and then no, have to have laser tattoo me. removal?
0: <laughs> I'm not an idiot, dude. Like, I'm not stupid. I wouldn't even do that for Star Wars if, like, there was a similar situation. So, yeah, but anyways, that's cool. We're going to go. I'm going to go at least. You better come out here for that because, like, that's going to be cool.
1: Yeah, I know we all said that other.
0: Uh... Oh, yeah, Telluride. Hopefully it's not the same weekend as that.
1: Yeah. Hopefully we can make it to both, but I do definitely want to check this out.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's gonna be fun because we're gonna have to fly into Denver and rent a car. We'll both be twenty-five though, right? No, you you won't. Will you? Yeah, by October yeah, you'll be twenty five. Yeah, by October I will be. So we'll be able to rent a car and then we'll just drive to uh Telluride. But that's gonna be fun. If you guys are going to Telluride Horror Festival, you should let us know because we'll be there. But yeah, that's the weekly Halloween alert. Hopefully we can keep this going every week. And if you don't like the Halloween alerts, don't let us know because we do not care. So next <laughs> on the list is some good. It's like kind of reassuring news, but like still kind of a bummer. Uh, so stars, because they are fucking stupid, decided to a not release Ash versus Evil Dead in October, which I kind of get because like you know October was crowded last year. We talked about it then. We said it was a good move. But season three of Ash vs. Evil Dead decided to come back on the night of the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead. Which, why the fuck would you move it to Sundays at 9pm and go up against The Walking Dead if you don't want the show to get cancelled? Like, that is stupid.
1: Yeah. Just I mean, so dumb. Walking Dead is one of the most popular shows on TV, so I don't know why any why would you ever put any show against that? Especially one yeah. that you like, want to to be in a position where it can do better than it has in the past, instead of putting it up against, like, this big bully, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's really weird timing placement. So stupid. But... but
0: yeah. Like we I said uh, earlier, they put an ending into Season 3 of Ash vs. Evil Dead in case it's the last season... They have to wait until the middle of March to figure out if it's renewed for a fourth season. But speaking with EW, Bruce Campbell said, we won't know if we've been renewed until the middle of March. We're in the horrible television limbo right now. If they take us off the air, we can think about another movie. And if they don't, we'll just keep plugging away. So hope of another movie is good. But that that seems like a huge if he's like, yeah, we can think about it. It's like, yeah, it's, you're going to you're probably going to think about it. But that doesn't <laughs> do anything
1: right it's kind of like wishful thinking. If the show gets canceled, it'll have an ending at least, so p- fans won't be pissed. To, they won't have to sit on a cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, it
0: got three seasons, too. Like, that's, yeah. that's a good run.
1: Yeah, it's not bad, and maybe they'll do another movie. I mean, I doubt it, but it's possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really care if they don't either, honestly. Like, we got a great show. It's yeah, I Solid mean, throughout.
1: We've gotten despite- plenty from this series. This series has, like, never really failed.
0: Yeah, honestly, I'd love a sequel to the remake, because that's better than a lot of... Better than all of the show, honestly, but...
1: I think the first episode of the show is pretty damn special, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's just, I don't know.
1: the remake was great in its own right, and I'd love to see more, to see, like, an Evil Dead 2 in the remake. I always
0: expect the remake to lose some of its, like, magic to me, you know, just as time goes on, because I revisit it, like annually probably i watch it at least once <clears throat> a year right it never does and it honestly gets better every time i watch it just notice so many more things you appreciate the camera movement and just the way the sets look and how many practical effects there are uh, there's literally no cgi in that movie as far as i can tell and it's just it's i would like oh man it's just so good i i i don't think it's as good as evil dead or evil dead 2 but i like it better than the originals it's like all honesty i just love it it's so good yeah it just just never gets old to me
1: yeah it's a great adaptation of that universe it's a great way to pay homage to everything in the first two movies but not it's not really a shot-for-shot remake it's its own thing while still encompassing certain scenes from the originals and you know it pays homage without being a shot-for-shot remake which is something a lot of newer horror movies have not been doing either i
0: I love the beginning like with that where they tie the girl to the tree and then like they pour the gas on her and everything you know that's really cool it shows you why the book is there in the basement in the first place and just the way like that black sheet of plastic wrapped in barbed wire you know that they put the book in like that that makes that's creepy you know like that's a it protects the book You know, it's protecting the book for if they want to come back for it. But then the Barbed Wire warns people who don't know what it is to stay away. Right. And I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, expands on the mythos a little bit in an interesting, cool way. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see more happen in that. Not that I don't want to see more with Bruce Campbell, you know, still in the role of Ash. But I think there'd be a way to fit him into that Mm -hmm. remake. I mean, they even had the teaser with him in the very end of the you know, the the after-the-credits scene in the remake. Mm -hmm. So uh, I could definitely see them fitting him in. They uh, they probably couldn't fit in the other characters from the show, but...
0: The problem is, in season two, they go back to the cabin, and it's like, it's a good recreation of the cabin from the movie, but I think the cabin in the remake is better. So it's like, they've already fucked the plot, but if they ignored Mm -hmm. Ash vs. Evil Dead and then made the movie universe its own thing... And had him come back, I think that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, they'd basically have to say, "Yep, the show is over, but this is the sequel to the remake that Bruce Campbell's also in, but the last thing you saw him in didn't happen in yeah, this and continuity." Yeah, and people would
0: come out of the woodwork who didn't watch the show to bitch and moan about how they're removing the canon.
1: Yeah, it'd be there'd be some strange, strange storytelling you'd have to do with that, but it'd be cool either way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. He's Freddy Alvarez is working on. Uh, don't breathe too so i wouldn't want anyone but him to do it yeah so but yeah so uh that's the news we have for ash versus evil dead and then next up we have that the dark tower tv series has found its home at amazon i am surprised that this show is still happening because it does take place in the same universe as the movie i think like that was the original plan right
1: yeah i think the original was that they hoped the movie was going to be very well received people would be very interested in the dark tower series and then they could expand upon all the mythos since it's such a deeply complicated storyline involving all the different you know stephen king universes that he's created through all these different books so it'd be kind of a complex yeah web to weave in movies so a tv show you can kind of flesh everything out better yeah but it sounds like the tv show is still happening
0: i don't even really know if i care about it (laughs) Uh, like we get we're getting castle rock that looks pretty good the dark tower movie like the universe that movie set up is pretty dumb so like i don't know if i necessarily want more of that it just goes back to that thing where his universe is just so fragmented it's hard to really you don't know what part of it you should care about at any given time you know
1: right And, I mean, it's on a list with, like, a couple other TV series that Amazon owns, so it might just be a property that they're going to keep a hold of until people maybe forget about the movie that came out and Mm -hmm. then try it, like, maybe if Castle Rock does really well and then they finish that, maybe they'll move on to, you know, Dark Tower if people are still very in the Stephen King mood and they want Mm -hmm. to try to take another run at that from, you know, fresh start, ignore the movie completely. I could see them doing that but I I think it's probably just something where they own the rights to it right now and they're just going to sit on it.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, like, that, that story is so epic that limited, like restricting it to a TV show seems like kind of a stupid move to me. You know, like, why is it both? Why can't they just invest heavily into making the movie universe plan, like plan, pan out correctly instead of trying to make this giant thing where you have to watch a TV show and a movie. You know, it's just... It's stupid.
1: Yeah, I I think splitting it between both won't ever work in a, like, smart way. It'd be... I think... Like, the only TV series that's actually had to make nods to movies that are also coming out that I know of is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And even those were just kind of, like, B-character cameos in the show that were kind of fun but not hugely impactful in any way no they're all
0: pretty much one-off episodes right like they had uh the chick from asgard come in a couple times uh the the one i'd liked was nick fury coming in at the end of season one that was cool
1: and then they also had an episode where after uh winter soldier came out like every like shield was completely destroyed and like in ruins yeah yeah that's cool so i mean they have some things that tie into it but it definitely make the TV series feel like this is supplementary material you could completely throw away, and this will never inter- Like, it'll go the other way, where the movie will impact the show, but it'll never be the reverse, where the show will impact yeah. the movie universe. And right. I, I just don't think there'll ever be a show that will do that. Because you can't expect someone who goes and sees a movie to also invest all this time into watching season after season of a TV show.
0: Right. And yeah, exactly. It's just the it's it's so clearly just being done to make money. You know, like I understand the goal ultimately for everything is to make money in the entertainment, but like this is just so just boring in how it's being made. It's just a stupid story. Like I have no faith in this show. I don't care that Amazon makes good shows. It's like it's if it's connected to this movie, it has a stupid ass universe to you know, align itself with because of how poorly the movie sets things up and like you said it's not going to really introduce anything important because like, anything that inhibits people from getting their butt in a seat in the movie theater in the future is not going to happen it's like it's not going to fly you yeah. know
1: yeah exactly and so sony
0: sony made the movie it's product placement cities as always <laughs> so i don't know
1: yeah this is probably who knows what's going to happen with it
0: Man, it sucks for Stephen King, though. He's got to deal with this shit.
1: (laughs) It sucks that that's, like, his favorite story that he's written. And that's the thing that's shitty. And everything else that he has is being adapted is, like, actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. But we have more Stephen King news. I'll let you do this one since you're the book guy for Stephen King.
1: Yeah, so Stephen King wrote a poem in, like, the 60s. And it (laughs) is called The (laughs) Bone Church. And it's being adapted for the small screen. So the basic plot is an adventurer organizes an expedition deep into a vast jungle to locate a mythic bone church. They discover a secret not meant for the eyes of strangers. Only three of the 32 travelers escape with their lives in a tale narrated by one of the survivors who tells stories from a bar stool to patrons who will buy him drinks.
0: Okay, that sounds cool. I mean, the poem is weird. Yeah, I mean...
1: It's definitely a cool setup for a show. Yeah, to do like a one-off, you know, every every episode is like another piece of the story, and then you do it as like a six-part miniseries or something. By the end, you know the whole thing.
0: That's cool. I like that. I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, I think that is a something that'd be easy to adapt to TV, and it's actually a cool concept that I'd actually like to see play out.
0: Yeah, I was want to, I want to read that Mr. Mercedes book trilogy and the show is on ATT's Audience Network, but I heard it's actually a pretty good show. Uh I might want to check that out too cuz I see that in there. Chris Long is exec producer and he executive produces Mr. Mercedes too.
1: Yeah, I'm making my way through another King book right now, so Which maybe one? that'll be my next one. I'm almost done with Doctor Sleep.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you telling me that today. That's a great book.
1: Yeah, that's very good
0: it's really creepy i want to see that show also speaking of the thing which we weren't speaking of that show <laughs> the terror or whatever on amc the strain you seen the? No, no no there's a new amc show coming out i think it's called the terror yeah it is the terror amc you gotta check this out it looks so cool it looks it's like uh here's the synopsis everyone a Royal Navy ship undertakes a perilous voyage in pursuit of the Northwest Passage, but treacherous conditions, limited resources, and a low or low morale plague the crew. But it also looks like there's a monster involved. Like it looks very much like the thing to me. Huh. And it's produced by Ridley Scott, and it's based on a novel by the same name, obviously. And uh, it's a it's a an account, it's a fictionalized account of the real expedition to find the Northwest Passage, that uh, the ship became stuck in ice near King William Island in Nunavut between 1845 and 1848. And it looks really cool.
1: So it's kind of like an isolated, they're stuck on the ship, and there's also a monster coming around? And going. Yeah,
0: I I think so. I haven't read the book, but I might. Because it just it looks like there's a monster involved. But it, it's a horror thing for sure. Like it's horror based, and if you look at the title treatment, if oh, there is a monster for sure. I'm watching the trailer right now. But yeah, it looks like the thing, man. It looks really cool.
1: I'm. I mean, I'm into that. I like the uh, the sound of it.
0: Yeah, so it comes out on March 26th. So I'm okay. definitely yeah. going to watch that. There's some news. That's that counts as news. We just yeah. didn't have it written down. So
1: it's a out in just just a little under a month.
0: Yeah, and then also there's this game i've been playing on steam called distrust have you heard of this no it's like a thing game it's like over the top isometric game like the, it's de- it literally says on the steam page that it's inspired by the thing mm-hmm. and uh it's like a resource management survival game i think i haven't gotten to any combat but i think there's combat in it and you're like managing your crew and it's it's like playing the thing it's pretty cool it's, it's cheap too i think it's like 10 bucks
1: huh i'll have to pick that up
0: yeah so there's your thing news for the week uh <laughs> we're keeping it cold though this next one uh hannibal's mads mickelson is starring in netflix's john wick-esque polar and that is a headline taken straight from bloodydisgusting.com. uh he's the world's top assassin duncan visla aka the black kaiser who is settling into retirement when his former employer marks him as a liability to the firm. Against his will, he finds himself back in the game, going head-to-head with an army of younger, faster, ruthless killers who will stop at nothing to have him silenced. That does sound a lot yeah. like John Wick. Sounds Holy very, shit.
1: very similar to John Wick.
0: <laughs> I like Mads Mickelson though. We yeah. both do.
1: He's, I could see him definitely being a badass.
0: Oh, like- it's a movie. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> It's a Netflix original movie. The way to, that's disappointing.
1: I mean, I still think it could be good. They could
0: Dude, do. did you see the new movie they put out, Mute? That's like a sequel to Moon? No. Have you ever seen Moon? No. Okay, Moon is fucking dope. You should watch Moon, but they just put out this sequel, Mute, and it's apparently... It has like a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and the only redeeming factor is Paul Rudd is in it.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they just i don't know man i want i want to be excited but it's a movie and it sounds like a ripoff of john wick
1: yeah but the main actor is good
0: uh oh shit it's from robert kulzer and jeremy bolt who are the duo behind the resident evil movie franchise oh, fuck <laughs> oh it just
1: gets worse and worse Oh man, I was actually excited about this before you started digging I was into too. it. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you read the synopsis and there's so much good stuff and then you're like, oh, it's a Netflix original movie. Oh, it stars Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, it's from the guys who made the Resident Evil movies. Like, oh you want that's like a trifecta of bad shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you just go back and make Cannibal season four?
0: Yeah, that's what I want. Like, can <laughs> just
1: do that keep instead of
0: teasing it, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, Brian Fuller recently said something about he has like a script ready if they ever want to do it or something because he he's got kicked off of some show. He was a uh, he quit
0: American Gods, and oh. then he was he was working on something else. Yeah,
1: he was on something else after American Gods, and then he's also oh, Amazing off of that
0: Stories, now. Amazing Stories. Apple was remaking Amazing Stories for like Apple TV or whatever, uh-huh. and they kicked him off because he wouldn't make it family friendly.
1: Well good for him <laughs> yeah and he was supposed
0: to he was show running uh, star trek discovery for a bit and he quit that quit american god so i don't know you, you can tell just give him give him hannibal back. just give him hannibal him he wants it
1: just give it to him he's not on. gonna
0: be happy unless you give him hannibal
1: i'll be happy if he gets hannibal we'll yeah. all be happy if he gets hannibal
0: even fans who don't like hannibal will be happy because people will stop like people who like tell these internet companies to bring back uh Hannibal are like switch port beggars on twitter they, there's there's got to be a lot of overlap there you know like yeah it's like I want it back to and I also want every game to come to switch but I'm not gonna like go on the twitter of every dev who's making a fucking game and be like is it coming to switch is it coming to switch bring it to switch you know and I'm not about to go like up to every like Netflix Amazon Prime and Hulu and be like you bring back Hannibal? You know, it's like, yeah. calm down, let it happen. They, oh. they, people, they know we want this show back. Yeah. I
1: because, just really hope it comes back, because that's such a fucking good show.
0: Yeah, and uh, don't be annoying about it if on Twitter, if you're one of those people. Like, get a life. <laughs> so, next up on here is some dope news. We got Arl Stein back in the rotation this week. He's got a new Fear Street book. He's bringing back the series in a called Return to Fear Street and you release the cover and boy oh boy is it good.
1: Yeah it's, it's like, kinda like um you know like a pinup girl style like you know like those old like tattoos. Yeah. It kinda is like yeah, yeah. in that sort of art style and it's basically a, it's a woman holding a bouquet of roses and then the middle is just a skull.
0: Yeah, and she has like amber eyes. That's kinda cool. It's called You May Now Kill the Bride Oh man. I mean, come got, on. With a title it's got like the that, Stephen King font as Ferrar Stein's name. The actual logo for Return to Fear Street is also very cool.
1: Yeah. Um if the cover is on the indication, then this book will actually be pretty good.
0: Yeah, and I just want to apologize to listeners if they can hear my neighbor downstairs. He's like twenty four seven man, having a party. <laughs> really fucking annoying. Const <laughs> <laughs> constant. Um but anyways. So I really like Fear Street. I just carry, I had one in my backpack forever. I've read it too many times, but I brought it to LA with me and I just put it on different bookshelves. But the synopsis of this one is in this all new Fear Street story, family ties bind sisters together till death do they part. Two sisters divided by time, each with the terrible resentment she can barely contain Two fear family weddings, decades apart. Each bride will find that the ancient curse that haunts the fears lives on. It feeds off the evil that courses through their blood. It takes its toll in unexpected ways and allows dark history to repeat itself. And it comes out on July 24th. That sounds cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, with a family name of fear? Come on, dude. That's got to be cool.
0: Yeah, that's fucking dope. And if you haven't heard of uh, the Fear Street novels before, the article says... The Fear Street series took place in the town of Shadyside, Ohio, and it's centered around teenagers fending for their lives against various monsters and madmen. Fear Street and its many spin-offs came to an end in 1999, but a revival of the series back in 2014 has to date seen the release of six new books. I gotta read these. I thought (laughs) this was, like, the first one.
1: But yeah, so aren't these basically just more adult versions of Goosebumps books? They're, like, Goosebumps written for you know ya to like adults
0: yeah yeah that's exactly what they are
1: yeah so it's cool it's cool that rl stein isn't just you know writing books for the kids he's got us kids that grew up on his books in his pocket too
0: yeah so that's cool next up speaking of rl stein goosebumps 2 is uh, filming. We don't know if Jack Black is returning, which is kind of a bummer because he played R.L. Stein, but there is a report that Jeremy Ray Taylor, who played Ben in last year's it, will star alongside Madison Eisman and Ben O'Brien and Khalil Harris. Huh, why aren't they bringing back Dylan Minnette? Maybe yeah, maybe I don't know what's going on, but that's cool. It comes out October this year, which makes it a Halloween movie. I like yeah. that.
1: I mean, maybe they're going the way of they're basing it off a specific book this time and it's not like a continuation of the yeah, story in the first would be cool. one or maybe it's an anthology movie about multiple s- shorter stories who knows
0: yeah but that's cool i'm excited for that i like yeah. the kid who plays ben yeah the cast is good um
1: doesn't I mean, I think the first movie is pretty good. It's, like, obviously for kids, but I think it was a fun movie.
0: Yeah, me too. So, that's cool. But next up, there's a new poster for Truth or Dare. And Truth or Dare, neither of us are very excited for it. It's a Blumhouse movie that doesn't look very good. And it looks kind of... Remember Would You Rather? Remember we watched that? It had Britney Snow in it.
1: Yeah, that movie's actually pretty good.
0: That's a good movie. This looks like a bad movie. Yeah, it, like, it, it looks, looks like a bad
1: movie. version of that it's like uh
0: it's a cool poster though
1: yeah the poster is awesome it's a question mark but in like the curve the bottom curve of the question mark it's a skull's open mouth
0: yeah and the guy who's writing it um wrote bates motel the tv show and he directed and wrote kick ass Two. i like both of those things a lot actually so that's kind of cool
1: yeah, I just can't get past the trailer. I think the trailer for this movie makes it look very not good.
0: Yeah, it look, looks really bad. But I will say that uh, Happy Death Day's trailer looked te- made it look terrible, and I love that movie. So, mm. I don't so, know. I'll, I'll, we'll just have to wait and see on this one, I, but it looks I, I, bad.
1: I hope I'm wrong about it. I hope it comes <laughs> out, and I'm like, wow, that was way better than I thought right. it was going to be. We but, don't
0: want anything to be bad. Right. <laughs>
1: I'm, not, I'm not like sitting here praying for it to be bad, like cursing the movie or anything. I just... <laughs> The trailer does not make me excited for it, yeah. But but the poster same, the does, same. so I'm conflicted.
0: <laughs> I'm conflicted. <laughs> like the movie looks whack, but the the poster does it. You know? Right.
1: So can I just stare at the poster for like two hours? If it's bad, like, you can. I mean, I mean, either way, you can.
0: But, like, either you can either at the way, I can. Longingly. <laughs> if it's bad, you can just go sit in the lobby of your movie theater, staring at the poster. Exactly.
1: For what could have been
0: oh man (laughs) i hope it's good for your sake because i don't want i don't want that to happen to you
1: i'm telling i don't want it to happen to me either but i'm it might have to happen i have no control at this point
0: i thought that movie also came out in like a week but i think it comes out in april
1: i think it's i think i think it's either march or
0: just it's coming soon on the poster Yeah, this new poster that just came out. April 13th it comes
1: out. April, okay. Cool, so we'll find out in two
0: months. Uh, And then last on the list, we get some Stranger Things news, which, I mean, man, I love talking about this show, but I really hope it comes out sooner rather than later. Uh, There's three new characters being added. Mayor Larry Klein, described as a classic 80s-style slick politician, Klein is described as pathetic and driven only by... His interest. This sounds a lot like a character, like another rehash of a character we've seen. You know, like they had the old guy in the first season, they had the doctor who was kind of playing both sides of the fence in season two. And this guy seems like a, I don't know, from this description, it seems like a riff on the mayor from Jaws.
1: Yeah, kind of. I'm sure that that's, you know, part of the inspiration since it's like an 80s style, quote unquote.
0: Yeah. Um, And then they have Bruce who's just basically Ron Burgundy, I guess. He's like a m- news reporter in his 50s who's fat, outwardly sexist and bedraggled. And then Patricia Brown, which is my mom's first name and her sister's last name in case you were wondering. She seems to be filling the role of the sweet neighborhood elder. The studio is looking for a woman in her 70s for the role. So maybe they'll get Lynn Shay. How cool would that be? That
1: would actually be really cool. That'd be a great get for this character.
0: Yeah. Um, that's cool i like casting news
1: yeah i mean it's interesting we have maybe a little more perspective on what's going on in the next season but you know it's kind of too early to tell what's going on yeah all we know is that there's these three characters possibly being added and that they're giving will a break because the poor kid has been in the shit for two seasons
0: let him be friends
1: just let him have some friends man Jeez.
0: yeah seriously let these friends hang out (laughs) Like let Will just get a life. Just let
1: Will breathe, my god. <laughs> let him breathe. God damn. Yeah.
0: I hope that in this season there's less monsters because the demo dogs are cool, but like CGI is not gonna age well. You know? No yeah. matter how good it is, it's not gonna age well. And like the demogorgon's fine. I thought it looked pretty bad in season one, but there's only one of it, you know? There's a lot of demo dogs in this in season two.
1: Yeah it should be either more practical effects or just less creatures altogether just to cut down on that just in case it doesn't age very well
0: yeah so that's gonna wrap up segment one for us we're gonna take a quick break here uh and then we'll be right back with our review of annihilation Alright, we're back from our quick break, and we are here with our review of Annihilation, which I saw, I got to see it early, which was really fun. I got to go to this early screening, I left work at 5.30, I walked in three minutes late at 7 because it took me an hour and a half to get there, and I sat in the front row, but needless to say, I like this movie a lot.
1: Yeah, I also really like this.
0: You had to think about it for a few days, though, right? Like, you came out of the theater and you are like, I don't know.
1: This movie has a lot to unpack. I think... And I think that's intentional, too. It's definitely a movie you have to think about, the plot, and Mm -hmm. what's going on moment to moment. Like, you have to think about what's happening throughout the movie, and then I think the third act kind of throws a lot at you that you have to think about longer than the movie gives you time before the end credits roll. Right. So I just think it's something that is a, it's a good story, but it's compressed in a way that you have to unpack it afterwards to really understand exactly what you just saw.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. But so it can't, just for people who don't know, I'm sure they do, Annihilation is written and directed by Alex Garland and Paramount is releasing it. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this because apparently the producer uh defended Alex Garland because uh someone at Paramount like an exec thought it was too intelligent. Uh, for audiences and tried to make, you know, the Alex Garland dumb it down, especially the ending. Alex Garland refused and his producer defended him. And the executive Paramount retaliated by selling the movie to Netflix and every other country except for America and Canada. Uh, or, yeah, United yeah, States and North Canada. America.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I'm of two minds on this. Uh, just to talk about the controversy really quick. People are like saying, like, oh, you know, Paramount killed the movie like this. It's like, they made their money on it, which is good. They sold it. You know, like, they made more money, probably, than they would have made if they released it in theaters, I think, A. And B, people are saying that Paramount marketed Arrival and that made a ton of money. And these are... Like they're similar movies, but that is such an entirely different situation. It's not even funny. Like Arrival was a festival movie that had a huge festival run, got a ton of great word of mouth, people calling it the best movie of the year. Then so people are hearing about this movie all year, right? And then Paramount buys it and puts it in theaters, and it has great word of mouth already. They got a ton of free marketing, and then they put out a few trailers that were like calling it the best movie of the year already. You know, like it's, yeah. It's so it's so different. It's not even similar in in any way, really.
1: Yeah, I agree that it's a very different situation between this and Arrival, and the just the marketing aspect is completely different. I think Annihilation had a lot to go up against, not only in the fact that I saw almost no marketing for this movie at all, one.
0: I saw no marketing, but I saw a ton of people talking about it on Twitter, like I saw, so many
1: people. I saw a lot of Twitter word of mouth, I didn't see like any trailers, I saw no billboards, I saw none of that. I had to, like, actively seek out a trailer for the movie. I I didn't... I was never, like, offered one in a pre-roll on YouTube or anything you, like
0: that. You know what's weird? I've seen... Well, I have YouTube Red, so I don't see trailers. So that's, like, something that doesn't... I never see them anyway on YouTube. Right. But I see a lot of movies out here, and I've been seeing trailers for this thing for over a year. Because it was supposed to come out at the end of last year, and then they bumped it back. But... I've been seeing trailers forever out here, and I know it's different in LA because they want to, they promote everything out here, A and B. They promote things that they w- that will win awards, you know? They're getting things in front of people's eyes who will vote on the movie. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I don't think there's a conspiracy theory here. I think it's, honestly, I honestly think it's a little bit better that it got released on in Netflix and so many other countries because I don't think it had a hope to do well in, really ever in theaters.
1: I think it's a real shame that people won't see it in theaters because I think this movie l- gains a lot from seeing it on a big screen like that.
0: Oh yeah, totally. There's it's. I was in the front row, but so I feel like I missed a couple things. But man, it filled the screen really well. It's a great looking movie. Like the the CGI is kind of inconsistent. You know, some of it. There's there's these two. Well, maybe we should let's let's go back to this let's talk about like what the movie actually is
1: okay yeah we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah you're yeah right, we're getting ahead right. of ourselves
0: so basically what happens is uh, very light spoilers here it's in the trailer though uh something crash lands in a lighthouse in the southern united states and then this field called the shimmer that kind of looks like spilled gasoline and um, like comes out from that lighthouse and it starts to mutate everything within it like plants animals whatever's inside of it it gets mutated and it very slowly spreads so the government sets up this uh you know base outside of it called area x and then they send in various teams of soldiers over a long period of time and they never come out until oscar isaac's character kane does make it out and he shows up at his house where his wife lena is and she thinks he's been gone because he's a mil- he's in the military and he does super covert missions. He's been gone a year so she thinks he's dead. She shows up. Uh immediately he like passes out cuz he's spitting up blood and then she wakes up in area X and ends up volunteering to go in find the lighthouse to try and cure her husband. That's a, that's like a pretty good explanation, right?
1: Yeah, that's definitely the setup for the movie and I, you know, what they discover in the shimmer and how they deal with making their way through it and how it affects everyone is kind of the whole crux of the movie. It's what you are watching it for. Yeah, and I think all that was really interesting. I, mm-hmm. I thought all the characters that went in for the expedition with um, Lena and Natalie Portman's character were all interesting and well rounded. The only character I didn't, you know, really love was uh, uh, Anya, who was played by Gina Rodriguez.
0: Oh God, dude, she's awful! Like, I saw people praising that performance, and I don't know, I don't know what movie they watched because, is she's just so people are like, oh, I loved watching her get influenced by the Shimmer, and it's it's, it, if that's what the Shimmer is doing, it's very poorly telegraphed by the movie, so that's a fault, and you. If it's not, if it's how I perceived it, she's just a bad actress. She's overplaying it phenomenally. Like, just astronomically overplayed her part, in my opinion. And it's the only thing, really, except for a CGI part I'll talk about in a minute that took me out of the movie, was how shitty her performance was.
1: Yeah, I felt she was really over the top. I think if that was supposed to be how the shimmer was corrupting her character then I think we would have seen that in more than just her character. We would have seen other characters acting out in similar ways that she did. Yeah. Instead of having it be everyone else's normal, and then she starts freaking out. Yeah, definitely. So, I I just didn't really think her performance was that great. I thought she was kind of weak in the movie.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I thought Natalie Portman was the strongest part of the movie. and Dude, yeah,
0: yeah she's a great actress. There's a part where, you, it's in the trailer where she's firing a gun at the mutated alligator with shark's teeth. That's in the trailer, so I don't really care about spoiling it. But man, she looked, that's, that's the first time I've seen someone ever in a movie fire a gun, and it felt like, I, I don't know how to fire an M16, right? But I felt <laughs> right. like she knew how to fire an M16. <laughs> like, that didn't feel like acting, you know? That felt like I was watching it happen. Like, it, it was really cool.
1: Yeah, like, I believe she was, like, an ex-military, like, you know, like her character is. I I had no issue believing any part of her backstory or her, you know, conviction. I think she was uh, uh, giving it her all the entire movie, and she is really the best part, like, without question.
0: Yeah, I also really liked uh, the character Dr. Ventress. Yeah. She's played by Jennifer Jason Leigh. She's just so cool. You know, like, she's just fucking, like, so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. I just thought she was, like, really well-played, and she like she's always fidgeting, you know? She's always playing with something. She looks disinterested, and she's yeah. a psychiatrist, so you can tell she's doing it on purpose. She's, like, baiting, you know? She's right. constantly baiting Lena to you know like pay attention to her and want to go volunteer to go into the shimmer she's baiting the other characters when they get freaked out and want to leave she's baiting them with like knowledge and being like i don't give a shit if you go back i'm going to the fucking lighthouse and then she just goes you know she's a cool character
1: yeah she's kind of the driving force of the plot she carries it forward all the time when there's different discussions because she's she has a very i guess direct goal Get to the lighthouse, Mm -hmm. find out what's causing the shimmer, and she doesn't let anything distract her from that. Right, and that's and that makes her character really interesting. I thought, like I said, I thought everyone that was actually in the shimmer, like the crew that goes in, were well-rounded characters, interesting to watch. And then the environment itself of the shimmer was always cool to see, since it is affecting the environment in different ways. In the deeper and deeper they go in to uh-huh. the you know the, the area that's closer to the lighthouse.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and the the mutated bear, that thing that's honestly terrifying. One of the scariest.
1: Yeah, terrifying. They could make
0: a movie about that thing and I'd watch <laughs> it, you know? Like that thing was cool. Yeah. It's really just really cool that whole part. The the CGI though, I think this movie's biggest problem is that it's inconsistent in a lot of ways. Uh mainly it's inconsistent visually. Like a lot of the CGI looks killer like so good the shimmer bubble i don't think looks very good at all and uh the deer you see these mutated deer or like antelope or something like halfway through and god they look awful (laughs) just so bad
1: those are also in the trailer the mutated deer yeah they are yeah i
0: I made a couple videos on it so i know what's in the trailer now like by right (laughs) it's like ingrained in my fucking head right um (laughs) but yeah it's just it's inconsistent
1: yeah, I, I agree that some of the some some of the CGI looks way better than others. Uh, but I think that they put the budget where it counts in terms of CGI, where things that need to yeah. look really good do look really good, and totally. you know the things that do kind of fall by the wayside are minor details.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, like the deer's forgettable. The only the only thing that made me bring it up honestly is that they they show them twice. There's two different. I think, not scenes, but two different extended shots, it's like they double down on how bad the deer look, and that bothered me <laughs> a bit. It's like, just why? But uh, the ten, the tense parts are really cool. You know what looked awesome is the way that moss, that weird mushroomy moss, once they get to this military... like cause, you know, the, the shimmer's expanding, obviously, so they have to abandon bases that work like far outside the shimmer at one point the shimmer expands so they get to a, an abandoned base at one point and it's very very creepy and just super cool it reminded me of jurassic park uh, three when they go to the old InGen compound
1: yeah it's um but it's better than that yeah it's really it's a cool setting and yeah it's interesting to see what they find there and the different mutations around that area are all really cool
0: yeah, there's one really specific one that's in the trailer, but I won't say what it yeah, is. That right. looks
1: so cool. It looks yeah.
0: reminds me of The Last of Us.
1: Yeah, it is a lot like that. Cuz the
0: the soundtrack also is very good. It's really cool uh, you know, acoustic guitar. And as things start to de- degenerate in the movie, the soundtrack does too. And it like it goes from acoustic guitar to a mix of acoustic and electronic to straight electronic by the end, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, and it happens so subtly that you barely notice it throughout the movie. Uh huh. Where, you know, it starts as like everything's normal, and then as the movie, you know, the plot not deteriorates, but, you know, the environment and the characters yeah. don't know what they're doing and tensions rise. It's just a really good whole package as a movie.
0: Yeah, what'd you think? So, the one thing I've seen criticism on that I, like, totally disagree with is. People are criticizing the framing device of the narrative where Lena tells you at the very beginning of the movie. It's sold in the flashback. Like, she's being interrogated. And she tells the interrogator, kind of, she lies about it a little bit. But she says who dies and who lives. And so you know exactly what, like, you know every character's fate at the beginning of the movie. But as the movie plays out, you start to realize more about what's going on. And I felt like knowing what was going to happen to each character made me pay attention more to the visual cues. And I feel like that was the whole point of doing it that way.
1: Yeah, that didn't bother me at all. I thought that...
0: It was cool, right? Like, original.
1: Yeah, and... I mean, I guess framing it in the way where she's in the interrogation room in the beginning, kind of, you know, you already know kind of what the fate is for the other characters in that sense. So... But I don't think that it's, like, you know, a, a bad way to tell the story. I don't think that weakens it in any way. You still get to experience all these characters and see what they do, see how yeah. they interact with the environment. It's not like she's like, oh, yeah, I was with all these people. I don't know what happened to them, but this is what I did. And then you just follow Natalie Portman the whole time, and they're just in the beginning of the movie or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it's not explicit in what order they die. So you just know they die. So every time there's a tense scene, you a don't you you don't know if someone's gonna die. You don't know which character is gonna die if someone does die. So the tension is definitely still there, and then it makes you pay attention to visual cues more because you're looking for any cue on what who could be next. And then it makes you notice things that are hidden in there because this movie tells its story visually, like way visually. Yes. So it, it's forcing you to pay attention in a really smart way. I, I mean, I think. I, I can't believe... Honestly, I read it in more than one review that people didn't like that plot framing device, and I was really surprised. I thought that was going to be like a praised aspect in the movie.
1: Yeah, I disagree. I don't think that weakens the movie in any way. I thought that... If anything, it it didn't weaken my view of the movie at all. It was just kind of an introduction to the story. I didn't even really give it a second thought.
0: Yeah, and there's, there's some really cool violence in it. Some good gore (laughs) yeah i I think it's worth seeing like it made 11 million bucks in theaters which doesn't sound like a lot but they already sold it to netflix so the 11 million is on top of what they already sold it for i think it's worth i think it's a movie you need to go see in a theater uh for sure yeah if you can and if you can't sorry but like you get the benefit of being able to watch it at home i guess which is kind of fun
1: yeah i the only thing that's kind of better about a theater it, like, I know when I'm watching movies at home, like on Netflix or Amazon or whatever, I have the tendency to uh, let my mind wander more yeah. and, like, pick up my like, phone, phone and, like, start texting people or whatever <laughs> throughout the movie, and this movie is definitely better if it has your complete undivided attention. And
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a tablet movie. Like, if you have a tablet, watch it in bed with headphones on. Like, yeah. That's the way to do it.
1: I mean, just get lost in the movie. Don't. I would say if you're watching it on Netflix there's a tendency to, you know, distract yourself with other things and this movie needs your full undivided attention if you're gonna really appreciate it, I feel.
0: I agree. So, um we both think you should go check it out and then I'm gonna pin my video. I did a whole three and a half minute video on my YouTube channel where I explained what I think is going on in the movie and uh, only three people this time made fun of my haircut and I didn't go. get called gay. So
1: nice, nice. Improving. Yeah,
0: I feel like that's a, that's a positive sign. For, like, my <laughs> video. <laughs> so you should go check that out if you've already seen the movie, obviously, because there's a ton of spoilers in it, but uh, I think I, I think I, I think I'm wrong on some things after reading some of the comments, but like, I think largely I'm pretty right. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, <laughs>
0: that's how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> But yeah, I'd say definitely this movie is definitely worth checking out in theaters if you can.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We have a segment three this week. Uh, Well, we had one last week, but this week we have a real one where we're going to answer a question that that George came up with on the fly. So we'll be right back. All right, so we're back from our quick break, and like I said, we have segment three this week. George came up with this question, so I'll let you introduce it.
1: All right, so for segment three this week, the big question on my mind is, what non-horror director do you think should direct a horror movie?
0: Okay, so you can go first. I think I have the ultimate good answer, so I'm going to let you go first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I posed this question, you had an answer immediately, and it took me... A, a little while to think of one and i'm not even super confident in my answers so you probably do have a better one than me but for no, me dude, i you think good about your answer i think that jordan Voigt roberts the director of kong skull island would do awesome with another horror movie i don't i don't really consider kong skull island a horror no, movie that's not horror. but that's i think not horror to have now. a real fully fleshed out horror movie would be something really cool him i think his style would lend itself very well to that
0: uh yeah dude you know what scene i immediately think of is those big spiders with bamboo legs yeah that's the scariest scene in probably any movie i've seen in a long time that's very scary
1: i could see him if they did something with um you know creature based obviously uh uh-huh, it has to be uh, obviously something creature based but maybe s- pull back on the CGI and do focus on just one creature and have it be m- you know maybe in the woods somewhere remote maybe an island like kongskull island but just something maybe more practical in nature as a creature that is you know hunting or is part of the environment in a way that they can't that this team of you know whatever can't find i think he does so well in that movie with making you care about the monster of Kong, Mm -hmm. that if it was something based around either a monster hunting down everyone that are kind of just kill fodder for this thing, that you could just crank out movie after movie, you know, that could work. Or if it was something where, you know, you care about the actual cast of characters and you want them to succeed against them. Yeah, right. I think either way it could work. And I think he would actually be really good in the, Director's seat of a full, you know, modern monster movie.
0: Yeah, me too, dude. That's a great pick. I didn't even think of that at all. That he's working on Metal Gear right now, and I honestly would rather him work on a monster movie. Now that you mentioned it, that's <laughs> really cool. Cause I don't know that bug part. Seriously, I made a joke about it, but that was really fucking scary. No, the bug part
1: was sweet. They're what walking
0: through a bamboo forest, and then it's like you don't know what's this giant like giant very if you haven't seen this movie you have to watch this movie because there's a part there's a spider that is massive a and b it has probably like what a hundred foot legs that look identical to the bamboo trees and it's just stabbing through people yeah just skewering people as it's walking (laughs) yeah it's crazy
1: (laughs) yeah so that'd be cool yeah even like a large-scale monster would probably be best but it'd be cool either way
0: oh man but what, what yeah like, not even an existing property, really. Yeah, Like I if, mean, a unique... Like, the, the ritual with likable characters, I would want. Yeah,
1: like, that would totally work. I mean, you don't even need to have the cult aspect to it. You could just be, like, you know, a group of travelers. You could you could do a shipwreck movie, where it's like a group of yeah. guys take out, like, a, you know, a boat for the weekend or whatever to celebrate someone's whatever, it doesn't matter. And then they get shipwrecked because there's a storm and then they wake up on an island and there's something on the island that's trying to kill them and it's like this big huge beast that has been awoken by the presence of humans because like people haven't been on the island in like a millennia yeah. or something it could, oh shit it could be like a Cthulhu movie like they wash yeah. up on like Rylith and Cthulhu's there and you have to like <laughs> avoid all this really crazy like architecture and all these really strange monsters around you like stuff like that would be really cool and I think he would be great to helm that
0: yeah dude You we should uh, you should like tweet that at him because he's really responsive. (laughs) (laughs) Like we'll make a clip, I'll remember to make a clip of this part, and then you can send. We'll send it to him because that'd be really cool. The Cthulhu idea I like a lot. I just like to hear what he has to say in it. Yeah. Because uh, I just remember one time I tweeted that I liked the HDR version of Kong Skull Island, and I didn't mention him, but he found my tweet and was like, "I don't like the HDR version. I meant it to be not HDR." I was like, (laughs) "Okay." That's weird, but okay. Yeah. So yeah, that would be cool to hear.
1: Yeah, it'd be cool to see if he has anything to say on that. But I think Kong Skull Island in general is highly underrated, and it was a great movie that came out last year.
0: Okay, so here's mine.
1: All right, lay it on me.
0: David David Wayne, director of Wet Hot American Summer, okay. should remake Friday the 13th.
1: I knew where you were going with it immediately after you said this. <laughs> you said director of Wet I Hot think American I've told Summer. you
0: this before. This that, is like grand idea i have
1: that is a great pick though
0: <laughs> like i don't know for anyone who hasn't seen what hot american summer or the tv show sequel not the third not the second season because that's it's pretty bad but the, the the movie and the first season of the show they feel like they're going in a horror direction like sleepaway camp or friday the 13th the entire time and they never do but he he nails the summer camp aspect like perfectly even though it's a comedy and I feel like he could do a do like a really good Friday the Thirteenth Back to the Roots reboot.
1: You're right, cause it's like not in the first Wet Hot American Summer. Not only nails the like actual camp feel, like it which it does, but the characters all are stereotypical '80s characters. And that, they're
0: all old, but you still believe it. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I mean, you could even do a younger cast, or if you want it to be like uh, almost like a, also like a. You know, twist a comedy in there. You could have like some older people there too. But if you could do like younger, you know, people that would actually be at a summer camp and just kind of make them like, you know, the dumb, like ditzy characters like they are in the movie, but then throw in like an actual slasher villain, like that'd be crazy. That'd be really, he could set up all the characters so well. They'd be the perfect kill fodder.
0: And Friday the 13th needs comedy. You know, like you need to laugh in that franchise and he he nails comedy you know like he has the comedy nailed down he'd be the perfect guy i think
1: yeah i mean like you said (laughs) and you said that you will take this to your grave that friday the 13th is a summer horror series it's supposed to be enjoyed in the summer they're all based in summer camps they're like (laughs) i mean that like that in and of itself elicits a more fun carefree vibe than like an october or winter horror movie you know, it's about the characters having fun and being in a position where they don't know that the threat is there that could take them out any second.
0: Yeah. And then, and Jason doesn't have to have a big budget. The movie shouldn't have a big budget. It probably won't.
1: No, look like, at, um, what was that one? Um, The Never hike Alone. Yeah, that was, yeah, like that was the, great. The best Friday the 13th movie in, like, ten years and that was made on a shoestring budget
0: yeah for fun yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah that's my that's my pick and if you don't know who this guy is he directed wet hot he directed wanderlust which is a great movie i think it's it has paul rudd in it i think his wife has a by ton Jennifer of par-
1: a ton of like actors that went on to become much bigger after that
0: yeah uh, and role models and a feudal and stupid gesture which is the national lampoon movie that just came out on netflix i haven't seen it yet but i want to
1: i haven't seen that either
0: but yeah i just feel like like he should i feel like that needs to happen
1: that would be great that would be actually really really good i agree with that wholeheartedly i've been
0: thinking about this for over a year (laughs) (laughs) i may have mentioned it on the show before i don't know but like i really want it to happen
1: yeah i like that pick
0: hey we both got good ones So you should let us know, listeners, what your choice for a non-horror director would be to direct a horror movie and what it is. You can let us know on Twitter at Fear Frequency, but we're both there at Jimmy Champagne and George Frizard. We'll probably answer a lot more there too. We're also on Instagram at Fear Frequency. And once again, if you didn't hear last week, We've been promoting, uh, well, not promoting, we've been posting movie recommendations every day. We've been finding old trailers, just really fun stuff, like gameplay of horror games you should keep up with. We actually have a pretty active base of people uh, responding there. So if you want to come talk about some horror movies, that's the place to do it. Uh, But yeah, I think that's about it. So you want to bring us home, George?
1: Yeah, uh, as always, come back for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.